This podcast is a production of America Matters Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the America Matters Media Podcast Network by visiting americamatters.us. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review at your favorite place to download podcasts. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers, although we think they should. But that's the opinion of America Matters Media. America spends five to ten times more on health care than any other country in the world. Then why does America rank number 43 worldwide for longevity? Third world countries such as Cuba and Costa Rica rank higher than the U.S. So what's wrong with health care in America? This is what's wrong. Our $3 trillion healthcare industry is focused on disease management, while 70% of our planet relies on traditional indigenous medicine that is focused on health optimization. Learn how. Join Dr. Dan Royal on the show, The Royal Treatment, bringing you the latest information on the best of medicine, biotechnology, and pharmacology, as well as secrets from the past. These secrets have withstood the test of time and are being rediscovered today. In fact, indigenous healthcare practitioners are using them for the benefit of their patients who seek optimal health and wellness. Now, here is Dr. Dan Royal. Greetings, listeners. I am Dr. Dan Royal, and you are now listening to the Royal Treatment. I'm coming to you from Las Vegas. That's where I practice with the Turtle Healing Man Clinic here in Las Vegas. If you wish to reach us, you can always find us on the internet at the TurtleHealingMenClinic.com, or you can just call the number on your screen if you're watching on Zoom, which is 702-562-1454, 702-562-1454. We're here every week with America Matters Media, and we always have something interesting to talk about. Usually, we have a guest who is with us, and that guest today will be Another healthcare practitioner. He is a physician. Dr. Jackie C. will be joining us. He's a cardiologist who is still practicing in the area of Irvine, California. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsors, the first of which is the Turtle Healing Man Clinic where I practice, and the second is the First Nation Medical Board. Now, what you need to know about these two sponsors is that they're both in the jurisdiction of the Indian Nation, and they were established for the protection, preservation, and practice of traditional medicine. I'm sure when you hear that term, you're thinking, that's what my doctor practices, but it's not true. Traditional medicine reflects all things indigenous that have been around long before conventional medicine came along, which is a disease management sick care system. Many of you have learned, oftentimes the hard way, including doctors, if you want health, you're going to have to take matters into your own hands. And that's our purpose of being here with you today, is to empower you, the listeners, with information you can use to optimize your own health and well-being. Because if it's going to be, it's up to me. You ever heard that? Well, if not, you heard it today. From me, Dr. Dan Royal. So let's get right to it. Let's talk a little bit about our guest. He has been practicing cardiology for many years. I'll let you tell him how long if he wishes to. But he's an unusual physician in that he practices also some alternative medicine. He's also on the cutting edge of some therapies. And it's one of the reasons why he and I keep in touch because we have information we like to share with each other to keep us both up to speed and current on what's working best for 
patience. And I'll let him tell you a little bit about some of the things that he knows if he so desires. Of course, he's a husband, father, and a grandfather. And his name is Dr. Jackie C., cardiologist. He's going to be joining us by phone today. So, Jackie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dan. Uh, It's a a pleasure. Uh, Thank you for your introduction. Uh, Yeah, my field is uh, cardiology. uh, And uh, my training was at uh, UC Irvine, uh, then internship, uh, uh, medical officer in the Navy, then uh, fellowship in cardiology, and then another fellowship in interventional cardiology in Boston, then uh, returned to California uh, to Fullerton, uh, where we had the first open-heart surgery program in California. Uh, Now, in Orange County, there are 26 of them. So things have changed a little bit. Uh, So I've been fortunate enough to uh, be in the field of cardiology, in which we're the ones that have been pounding on of patients through the American Heart Association. So take your blood pressure daily. Take your blood pressure medication. Uh, be on a low cholesterol diet. Exercise. All of those sort of things. That came from cardiology. So we've been practicing uh, risk factor modification for 50 years, and it is now uh, very, very germane because, as you mentioned earlier, if we just treat uh, diseases, then then we're dished. We'll we'll never catch up. We have to prevent diseases. So that's in in the field of cardiology. I've been blessed to uh, work with the indigenous care groups, in addition to uh, traditional health care as a cardiologist. Uh, I did license some uh, nutritional supplements to a supplement manufacturer in the 80s, and that was found on by the College of Cardiology. And I said, well, you wait and see. Anyway, it's very popular now. And also... uh, we're the ones that led the band on don't smoke, uh, all, all, all the things that we think are automatic. We, we had to, we had to uh, make that part of the national discussion, and it's been very successful, I might add. So uh, being on your program is an honor uh, to reach out with people, two people, to, to let them know that they're responsible for their health care in the respect of risk factor modification, common sense, and uh, see, see your doctor, see your doctor regularly. Uh, in cardiology, most of the disasters, uh, heart attacks, strokes, all of those sort of things are preventable. Uh, if we do cardiac ultrasound, uh, echocardiography, other, other tests uh, before these disasters occur, 
Hold that thought, Jackie. We're going to come back after the break, and we want to talk more about this as well as some of the lifestyle management modifications you're talking about and some of the questions that people have in their mind in regards to their cardiovascular health. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. We'll be right back after the break. Stay with us. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now back to the show. We are back to the show, my friends, and you're listening to The Royal Treatment with me, Dr. Daniel Royal, and my guest today is Dr. Jackie C., cardiologist in Irvine, California. But Jackie's unique because he understands that if a conventional doctor wants to use alternative medical approaches for his patients, he needs a dual license, and that's where the First Nation Medical Board comes in handy to protect physicians like myself and Dr. C., who are using these alternative approaches, products, and protocols for their patients. The First Nation Medical Board was set up on the jurisdiction of the co-tribe of Indians that is helping to regulate the practice of traditional medicine in the United States because the conventional medical boards set up in all 50 states are designed to regulate dangerous drugs. Those are prescriptions, which supplements and natural products such as homeopathics and herbs and Bioidentical hormones and so forth don't really fall into that category, although bioidentical hormones are regulated to some degree. Anyway, back to our discussion with Dr. Jackie C. You were talking about some of the things that you do in cardiology long before it became fat, such as lifestyle modifications, which is uh, separate and apart from drug prescriptions, which we see all too common in our family practices. Tell us a little bit about more the, the things that patients can do for their lifestyle modifications to improve their cardiovascular health. Oh, yes. Now, it's very critical that uh, uh, everyone uh, see their doctor. Uh, at least once a year, and, and, and review their risk factors, their weight, their diabetes status, their blood pressure, or the need to be on medication, uh, and the amount of exercise that they get. Uh, it's really crucial. And then uh, pinpoint testing, such as uh, a treadmill or an echocardiogram or a carotid ultrasound or something like that, which is done, takes just a few minutes, which is done as an outpatient. And we can prevent most of the cardiovascular disasters that occur. So, yeah, I was lucky enough to be associated with a group. Uh, Paul Dudley White started the field of cardiology in America. And uh, this first fellow was Richard Cosby, who was my mentor. And uh, anyway, most people don't remember this, but uh, when President Eisenhower had his heart attack, they called in Paul Dudley White, Harvard professor, had nothing to do with the military or any other doctors. And the first thing he did is he went, he said, okay, Ike, get out of bed, get in this rocking chair, walk around the ward, uh, stop, stop the narcotics, stop this, stop that. It was highly controversial. So he, he became very famous and uh, when you finish your training at Harvard, they give you a rocking chair with Paul Lilly White on it. So uh, this is uh, something that we kind of take for granted, risk factor modification. Now, that can be combined with things that the First Nation Medical Board are aware of, uh, indigenous uh, treatment, nutritional supplements, 
uh, uh, different types of diets, not yo-yoing and not starvation, but common sense diets, and, and those sorts of things. And again, in the field of cardi- cardiology, uh, we were the first to really, really press for uh, risk factor modification. Now, in working with you, Dr. Dan, and the First Nation Medical Board, and the Ben Clinic, uh, we have the advantage of a lot of uh, traditional uh, healthcare benefits that uh, uh, very few practitioners uh, do that in this country. Uh, I have a number of colleagues I work with in Europe. Uh, and they, uh, they are able to, to do various procedures there that we cannot do here, which I find rather strange because back, back in the day when I was a fellow, uh, all of the European cardiologists, they had to spend two years in America as a fellow in a cardiology training program. Now it's just the opposite. So, yeah, uh, with the introduction to your show, you know, you talk about how far we lag the rest of the world in healthcare. And the major, the major lag is a risk factor modification. You see people are obese. You see, they don't see people working out in gyms. Uh, they close the gyms down, all those sort of things. And those are, are important. And I think... There's enough in the in the general population, enough knowledge that this is not going to go away. But uh, mm-hmm. back to the indigenous tribes and some of the some of the treatments uh, that they use, for example, uh, colchicine, which is, is from a plant, has mm-hmm. been used for many uh, many years for gout. Then Correct. they found that patients that were taking colchicine had about a 50 to 25 to 50 percent reduction in heart attacks. So that, that's a traditional it's from, a, from the bark of a tree. And there are also other uh, uh, agents that are, are being used that are, are medicinal purely from, from indigenous sources that. Uh, on, the, on the planet, billions of uh, patients are taking beneficially so. Yeah, of course, there are many things that patients can do. And I like what you said that patients need to see their doctors. The reason they need to see the doctor is because the doctor can provide objective evidence. You may think, for example, that your blood pressure machine at home is accurate, when in fact it is not. You may also not know anything about what's going on in your body at the biochemical level, which is why we need to do some blood tests. I tell patients I can find something wrong in everybody. It just depends on how wide a net we want to cast. So we can do the local laboratory testing, which usually identifies at least one thing in most everybody. But we can also check for nutritional deficiencies. We can check for allergy sensitivities. We can check for heavy metal toxicities. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen a patient who doesn't have elevated lead and cadmium upon their initial screening. This will happen to any and everybody who's living in a city or who is exposed to 
automobile exhaust. And interestingly enough, one of the causes of kidney disease is cadmium, or I should say kidney cancer, but it can also probably be contributing to their high blood pressure. Have you found any correlation between environmental toxicities and high levels of blood pressure or cholesterol? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, that's part of the, uh, the direction for risk factor modification. Uh, for example, uh, uh, President uh, Roosevelt uh, died in office in 1944 with blood pressure of, you're not going to believe this, but it's true, 280 over 180. Wow. Well, he was smoking, too. No, so at the, at the, and he was smoking, too. Uh, and, but the point is, he died from a stroke. And uh, so they started the Framingham study in Boston, and they, they looked at you know patients' blood pressures, and they looked over a couple of years for every citizen in the, in the city of Framingham, Massachusetts, so it's called the Framingham study. And they showed for those who uh, measured their blood pressures, you know, starting with their doctor and then themselves, and just measured their blood pressure and uh, regulated their diets and their exercise, their uh, chances of heart attacks were redu- and strokes were reduced dramatically. And then subsequent to that, there were many treatments that were invented. There were many treatments that were invented because of the, these clinical trials that were done to prove the point. Then the next big argument was cholesterol. Is, is elevated cholesterol bad for you? Well, for 20 or 30 years, uh, cardiologists argued, oh, it doesn't matter. Well, we now know it, it absolutely. Uh, it's genetic. It can be treated. And, and that's why you need to see your doctor to be tested because you would have no, no hint and no way of knowing that, as, as you mentioned. Yeah. So the, uh, the overall health care uh, needs of, of patients need, need to be uh, structured instead of just you know, going to one doctor for one thing and another doctor for another thing. Mm-hmm. We need family practitioners like you, Dr. Dan. Mm-hmm. Yes, we need more integrative practitioners, as some might call us complementary physicians. I think of myself as an alternative physician because we are looking not only for alternative solutions or creative solutions to common problems. We're looking to find solutions that approach the the disease or medical condition differently, and many times uh, from an opposite point of view than that which conventional medicine uses. So conventional medicine is using the drug approach to simply treat symptoms. We're trying to understand what is causing the problems the patient is having and how can we help normalize them uh, by providing the body what it needs to recognize and restore the abnormality that exists. So one of the common problems that you mentioned is cholesterol. Many people have elevated cholesterol and of course, there are drugs that are being used to treat cholesterol. That would, I suppose, be a lazy man's approach to this particular problem. The concern with using cholesterol-lowering medicines is that they, like all medicines, have side effects. And some of those side effects are cardiovascular. And I'm going to have you talk a little bit about that when we come back from the break. But just continuing on, 
Before the break, I want to mention that there are natural things that can be done to lower cholesterol. So Dr. C mentioned that there is a biomarker for inherited risk factor for blood fats, and that is lipoprotein A. We check that in all of our patients. What's most interesting is that the only product known to lower lipoprotein A is, guess what? Niacin. Niacin is vitamin B3. This is the only product we know that lowers lipoprotein, but it's also a treatment for cholesterol as well. It may be responsive to that. In addition to lifestyle changes alluded to by Dr. Jackie C., such as losing weight, exercising, and changing your diet. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment, my friends, and we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll continue our discussion. Stay with us. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now back to the show. We're back to the show, my friends, and thank you for sticking with us. I'm Dr. Dan Royal, and you're listening to The Royal Treatment. With me, Dr. Dan Royal, here at the Turtle Healing Bank Clinic in Las Vegas. If you need to reach us, that number is 702-562-1454-702. That's the area code for Las Vegas, 562-1454. Or you can email me directly if you have a medical question at droyal at thbclinic.com. That's D as in Daniel Royal. R-O-Y-A-L at THB for Turtle Healing Band Clinic.com. My guest today is Dr. Jackie C., cardiologist and alternative practitioner in Irvine, California. Before the break, we were talking a little bit about cholesterol, and I had mentioned that cholesterol-lowering drugs have a, well, common side effect that affects the heart. What can you tell us about that, Jackie? Uh, yes, the, uh, the cholesterol uh, with the... Uh inherited type of cholesterol abnormality, uh, and it affects uh, patients that are in their, their 20s and 30s. So it, it, uh, it's not just something related to age. Uh, it can occur in all spectrums, and it's totally silent. So if you don't, if you don't, have, if you don't have your doctor uh, looking at it every, every once in a while, then uh, you're going to miss it. And secondly, uh, if patients lose weight, if patients lose significant weight, their blood pressure is normalized, and their cholesterols go down about forty percent. It's wow. absolutely awesome to see, to see the effect, and uh, that was uh, that was shown many many years ago uh, by a, a group up out of San Francisco, and they they put people in uh, camps, and they pretty much like ate just sawdust, <laughs> and their cholesterols went down to virtually nothing. They lost a lot of weight, uh, but uh, the heart attack rate was like virtually zero. And this was in like a thousand patients over five years. So, uh, yeah, it's for real, and uh, we we uh, we do try to stress this uh, in the in the media uh, and 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 healthcare, but not not enough, not enough. Well, one of the concerns that I have for patients who are taking cholesterol-lowering medicines is a box CoQ10, which can affect the heart and result in congestive heart failure. So I would think at the very least, if they're taking this medication, they need to be supplementing with that particular essential nutrient, CoQ10, which, when it is in short supply, can result in CHF or congestive heart failure. My understanding is that cholesterol in and of itself doesn't really kill people, although it can contribute to a coronary blockage. 
and uh, cardiovascular disease, uh, my belief has always been that it's really just a red herring. In fact, in the past, an elevated cholesterol was a sign of a low thyroid, but we also believe it can be evidence of patients who have been exposed to free radicals that have damaged the uh, blood vessels. And the body, of course, tries to repair that by using uh, platelets and, uh, and lipids and ultimately calcium. So there are things that can be done to improve uh, circulation. If it's involving hard plaque or soft plaque, of course, chelation therapy helps to remove the heavy metal contaminants from the environment. But there's also a product that can be used to remove the soft plaque, uh, the deposit of the the fatty lipids, and that's phosphatidylcholine. So, for example, I had a patient for many years was not able to get her cholesterol down to where she liked it or wanted it to be with the ratio of uh, 4.5 to 1 and total cholesterol to HDL or good cholesterol. And so we had her do a series of IVs using phosphatidylcholine, and lo and behold, for the first time, her cholesterol is now within normal limits. I don't know if you've had any experience with that or not, Jackie. Yes, I have. Phosphatidylcholine is uh, used to make glycosone, uh, which are uh, uh, little microspheres uh, that can be uh, delivery uh, targets. But also, phosphatidylcholine uh, makes up the, the membrane of cells. So it makes up uh, the membrane of cells in the soft plaques. And if the monocytes get be, become too many uh, in this, and there's inflammation, then the plaque ruptures, and that induces either strokes or heart attacks or, or disasters. So, you know, it, it, it takes time. Uh, your point about CoQ10 is absolutely correct. Uh, that also reduces the, the muscle discomfort that some patients know with statin. But it, it in of itself was tested uh, many, many, many times uh, to lower uh, heart attack rates. Uh, and it turns out that the ideal use for CoQ10 now is uh, with statin drugs. It's almost standard of care. And that's been within the last, I'm going to say, five years. So we are making progress. We are making progress. Well, if someone has a heart condition, there are certain supplements that they might want to be considering to strengthen and improve their heart function, so to speak. And my understanding is there's, of course, probably many, but there's four basic things that we need to be considering as alternative practitioners. Of course, a CoQ10 would be uh, at the top of the list, uh, followed by uh, vitamin E. I'm talking about pure vitamin E with all the tocotrienols and tocopherols, along with magnesium, uh, preferably uh, magnesium aspartate. We like that one because that's amino acid that takes magnesium from outside to inside the cells and L-carnitine. I suppose you could add to that list uh, testosterone, bioidentical testosterone that we often a buffer with a small amount of progesterone to counteract the breakdown to estrogen. But testosterone helps to stimulate muscle production, of which the heart is composed of a significant amount. What do you have to say about supplements that you might recommend for your patients, Jackie? Well, uh, thank you, Dan. Yes, uh, I think that uh, one of the things is uh, essential fatty acids, the EPAs. Uh, now there's one icosanoid uh, that is actually a prescription item, uh, and the clinical trials have absolutely proven that it 
uh, not only lowers cholesterol, but it lowers the heart attack rate. So the EPA and eicosanoids are uh, well. They're now uh, supplements that are now accepted in the in the general medical arena, which is absolutely astounding. The other thing uh, is uh, the the 600-pound elephant in the room is diabetes. Uh, two thirds of the patients that, that have around two thirds of patients that have heart attacks have underlying uh, diabetes one or type two, uh, and uh, that can be, of course, discovered with a simple blood test and uh, diets with uh, fish oil, EPA, and exercise, as well as probably uh, medication to lower the cholesterol, at least until the patient gets some weight off. Yeah. Uh, but again, we have 300-pound patients. If we can get them down to 200 pounds, their, blood, their high blood pressure goes away, their cholesterol is normalized, and they're new people just just from that risk factor modification. Mm-hmm. Is there any particular exercise that you recommend for your patients that would improve their cardiovascular health? Uh, so, for example, I would think that uh, aerobic exercise might be most appropriate, but perhaps you have some other ideas you could share with us. Sure. Uh, thanks, uh, Dr. Dan. Yeah, ex- exercise is, uh, is, is critical, and uh, we've learned that in cardiologists and in cardiology. Patients uh, with heart failure they usually are told to rest, stay at home, take your pills, don't, whatever. Well, they're told to exercise uh, 20 minutes per day, and the uh, hospitalization uh, rate for patients with heart failure is reduced dramatically during just that exercise. And the, the key number is about 20 minutes walking. You don't have to run. You don't have to go to a gym. You don't have to lift weights. Walking, it doesn't have to be really brisk, but the magic number is 20 minutes a day, three times a week. Mm-hmm. And that's been proven over and over and over and over again. So uh, aerobic exercise is really good. The problem is some patients have arthritis and mm-hmm. other problems. So if they have arthritis, obesity, and elevated risk factors, uh, there's a problem. So then uh, we recommend that they uh, go into swimming pool and, and do their exercises mm-hmm. without stressing the joints. Mm-hmm. Uh, even that works very well. Yeah, I always tell the patients to find the exercise that works for you. It can't be stressful. Don't force your things or force yourself to do things that are going to be painful. I, I think uh, using a swimming pool to mitigate any uh, joint stress is a good recommendation. And then, of course, you can always ride a bike. If you can't walk a treadmill or you can't go for a walk, you can use ellipticals. They use a little less friction, so it's a little easier on your joints. And you can do other things. You Be creative. There was an article that was published within the last couple of years about something as simple as push-ups. Now, when you go into the military, they have certain requirements for running. You have to run a mile and a half within a certain time. You have to be able to do a certain amount of pull-ups, a certain amount of sediments, and push-ups. They found that if you can do 40 push-ups 
at one time. If you can do 40 push-ups, you can reduce your cardiovascular risk by 90% or more. That's something to think about. So even isometric exercise can be important along with doing your aerobic exercise. And one of the things I've found during this pandemic time is that we can increase the amount of exercise we do if we put our minds to it and set some goals, which I've been able to do with sit-ups, pull-ups, with doing something called burpees and push-ups. So have some fun with your exercise and know that in the process, you're getting healthier because you need that oxygen circulating to improve your brain function and also muscle to enjoy a good quality of life. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Train with me, Dr. Dan Royal, and my guest, Jackie C. We'll be right back after the break. Stay with us. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. We're back to the show, my friends, and thank you for sticking with us. We're now in the fourth quarter of the Royal Treatment with me, Dr. Daniel Royal, and my guest today is Dr. Jackie C., cardiologist in Irvine, California. Remember, you can always... Call us here at Las Vegas if you have any questions, 702-562-1454, 702-562-1454, or email me directly at droyal at thbclinic.com. D is in Daniel Royal, R-O-Y-A-L at THB, Fraternal Healing Band, clinic.com. So, Jackie, we've been talking about cardiology and things that our patients can do to improve their overall cardiovascular health, but I want to talk a little bit more about you and what you have learned from some of the things that you have experienced with your own health, if you don't mind sharing us some of your own personal stories. No, thank you. I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy to do that. Uh, that, goes, that goes back to about 24 years ago uh, when I had uh, an EMT surgery uh, for a cancer that was related to all the radiation that I got from doing all the angioplasty and stents and interventional cardiology. So at that at that time, they did surgery, chemo, and radiation, and uh, that's why my voice is still wrecked. And 24 years later, my wife loves it a lot, but this is about as loud as I can talk. So uh, I then, uh, at that point, they, they wanted to do another, uh, the oncologist wanted to do another series of uh, uh, radiation therapy treatment, as I said, for built out. So I, I went to Russia and had stem cells in 1996. And it, it was helpful. Um, and the point I, I'm making is that uh, if you have a physician you can work with, like Dr. Royal uh, or myself, they're looking for other ways uh, to treat uh, an illness. There are many other ways. Uh, what we do in America, uh, we, we have over a million citizens who are overseas for health care now for uh, procedures and uh, treatments uh, that are not uh, passed here yet. So we, we have to go over there. And with the uh, COVID pandemic, it's very difficult to, to, to do that. However, uh, we're doing that. So in my own personal uh, history, and I think it's worth t- talking about, uh, I had the uh, 
distinct pleasure of, of meeting some doctors in Australia a couple of years ago that were treating prostate cancer, for which I'd already had surgery uh, and so forth. So, incidentally, I'm 79 years old, so I'm not very chicken, but still practicing feel great exercising, and my cholesterol's 170. But the uh, the thing is, it was a they wanted to do radiation therapy, chemo, and all that stuff. I said, no, I did that once before. I won't do that. So with theranosics, which is a combination of therapeutics and diagnostics, uh, the uh, nuclear uh, physicians in Australia and in Germany uh, give s- simply IV isotopes that are hooked to an antibody that hook on to uh, the membrane of the cancer cells, and then they just sit there and they leak off uh, low-grade uh, alpha radiation. Uh, this has been around about 10 years. Worldwide, there have been probably 25 to 50,000 uh, patients treated uh, with theranostics, and uh, that, that will be approved here uh, within the next five years. But some of us, like myself, we can't wait five years. Uh, right. And I, I'm not I'm not faulting anyone for that, but Healthcare is international, and uh, we, we learn we learn a lot from our foreign uh, colleagues that we've trained with, and uh, they, they they do things a little bit differently. For example, in Europe, uh, if you have the approval of the, the local university professor for your procedure or your treatment, that's all you need. They don't have a federal bureau. Okay. And in Germany, they have 16 different districts, and as long as the Geheimrat uh, approves the treatment, you can do it. And uh, they, they have a totally different system. They allow things to come on the market, and then they do very close post-marketing uh, observation. Whereas here, uh, we're risk-averse, and we do 10 10 years, a million dollars worth of trials to make sure there are no adverse events. So it's just the opposite in these other countries. Just to explain to our audience that it's just a matter of how they look at it. So they say, well, if if the local position of the local world authorities, which happen to be in Germany or France or the UK or Spain or Russia, then that's where you go. And there are over a million Americans that do that per year. Well, so that's a lot. There, there are that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I like and, what you uh, said. Medicine's worldwide. I, that's why we have to educate ourselves, and sometimes we have to travel. We should be allowed to import these technologies here, so we could do medical tourism at home. But because that's not happening the way that perhaps you and I might like to see it, sometimes we have to leave uh, the confines of our comfortable environment to travel abroad to get the things that we desire most and are unavailable here. Absolutely. And uh, it's uh, considered a standard of care there in the European Union. And uh, 
the Americans have to pay cash, but for the citizens there, it's covered by their uh, their uh, their health care plans. So right. it's just a, a totally different system, and they look at it a totally different way. When they go through testing here, of course, they're looking for side effects. But then, of course, you mentioned after it's introduced in the market, there are post-marketing side effects that do not become known until the product is introduced into the general population. That's despite spending maybe a couple billion dollars on all of the clinical trials. So we can't really know everything before the product is, is released, which is... Uh, why I like what you said they're doing over in Germany. They're monitoring it very closely uh, once it's been approved and introduced into the public domain. Yes, thank you, Dan. Uh, that, that's very well said but, uh, because there are uh, specialists here in the U.S. for patients that uh, uh, want to call you or I. We can, we can direct them. Uh, to uh, clinics and other 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 places in the world. Uh, in, in our group, we have 144 uh, physicians in uh, 42 states and 10 foreign countries. Uh, so there are organizations that, if, if patients want to take you know, responsibility for their health care, and they're uh, their family physician or other, whatever physician, is not aware of it. Uh, they're very accept- accepting. I will, I will say that if a patient, uh, you know, comes up with uh, like, uh, like like reading Doctor Google, let's see what Doctor Google says about it. But you know, it's easy to find that information and to look into it, and then, and I want to really specify this. And then speak to your doctor about it. He'll know what to say. He'll know what to tell you. 99% of the time, he'll help the patients to do this. Well, the patients uh, that come to conventional doctors and that are asking about supplements are often more educated than their doctors. So... Uh, I would hope that doctors are trying to get more educated. If they really want to help their patients be healthy, they're going to have to look outside the, the drug paradigm. And there's some risk for that, which is why we have the First Nation Medical Board. For example, I know a physician right now who is under attack by the state medical board merely because he sold supplements to a patient that was being treated by another physician for cancer. This doctor is not licensed to practice in that state. And, of course, he's not practicing medicine. He simply recommended some supplements to the individual because, well, he has a supplement company and that's what they do. So we also live in a very litigious society where it's sometimes difficult to help people, even though we might want to. We have to be very careful how good natured we are, because if you don't have a physician patient relationship with that individual, well, there could be consequences. We got about a minute left, Jackie. So any parting thoughts and advice you would like to give us? Well, uh, thank you, uh, Dan, uh, for putting together uh, the uh, the IRB, First Nation Medical Board, and uh, the uh, the clinic. That's very important, and that we can, we can use uh, traditional indigenous uh, healthcare along with uh, standard medical treatments. They, they, they work very well together, and the results are truly astounding. And I think the world is learning that. 
the world is learning that. So, and I appreciate yeah, that. Thank you for being with us. Jackie, uh, those of you who listened, he mentioned the IRB, that's an institutional review board, something we did establish through our First Nation Medical Board, where we can do clinical studies. One clinical study we've been doing is called the Dendritic Cell Vaccine Protocol. That's where we can help patients develop natural antibodies against the SARS-CoV-2 virus. If that's something you want, give us a call, 702-562-1454, or email me directly at droyal at royalmedicalclinic.com or droyal at thbclinic.com. 